0: I'm Kevin Price. You're listening to the Nestle Syndicated Price of Business Show. I'm really excited. Uh, We've had uh, Jim Hancock as a regular commentary uh, provider here on the Price of Business Show for quite some time. He's incredibly savvy in the technology space, and uh, recently he has uh, uh, begun to join us to do uh, actual interviews on a regular basis about his research and work in the technology space. He's a leading authority in this this space. His website, by the way, is jlhancock.com. That's jlhancock.com. He's an author. Uh, He's an author of uh, primarily uh, novels, in fact, that that deal a lot with uh, issues that relate to technology and national security and a lot of these issues. During his time in the military, Jim worked away at the dark, dark corners of the government intelligence communities. He learned two Asian languages and eventually conducted over 100 combat operations with special operations forces in Iraq, Afghanistan, and the Philippines. And so he has a fascinating background. Um, love having him on the program. Love doing this work with him. And, again, you can learn more about him at jlhancock.com. Jim, always glad to have you back on The Price of Business. By the way, your story on uh, the war uh, situation and the kind of the nuance and and conversations that we had on it uh, have been really well received and kind of want to continue to build on that theme and that idea. Um, A very interesting story that uh, I saw in the New York Times that uh, I shared with you and we discussed Electronic warfare confounds civilian pilots far from any battlefield. And I think it's one of the things that I, I, I think many people don't think about is that uh, when something happens in the technological front in the war space, to, you know, in, in, when it comes to war and military, it has such a profound ripple effect across the entire economy and societies. And uh, to me, this is just another example of that.
1: Yeah, the, the yeah GPS jamming for sure, especially when it comes into um, the civilian world, is a huge problem as an extension of, of, of military conflict, one of many, of course, but that is one that people don't really think about too much, especially in areas like that.
0: Yeah, so set the stage uh, for us when it comes to this topic. What comes to mind and what are, what are some of the things that are being grappled with?
1: Uh, so the, one of the things that people kind of – I think we lost sight of a bit when it came to the previous wars, like the, when we were fighting ISIS and we were fighting terrorism, is that when you're dealing with a global power, they tend to fight wars like a global power. They deal with major infrastructure, and they, they try to impact um, so the technologies that make it easier for their opponents to be able to do every just day to day-to-day work. And electronic warfare is a major component of that. And so for people to understand, electronic warfare – is when you use radio waves in a way that adversely impacts your your opponent your adversary. And so the example in this case is putting jamming signals into the air to block GPS or spoofing GPS so that your position is put is off. And if you're mm-hmm. flying something like an aircraft, that's a big problem. Obviously, if you're flying a drone, that's a problem. If you're flying a missile, even those are all issues that they could be using to identify its location. Uh, but we started seeing this when. Russia moved in to support Syria with the fight against ISIS, you immediately started seeing uh, jamming of GPS signals across the board. It was a major problem. And in Ukraine, even, it's really interesting. is you could watch the GPS jamming activity as a precursor for any major Russian movement. Uh, For example, in February of 22, when they first started the invasion, or March, excuse me, when they first started the invasion, uh, all the GPS uh, jamming would move towards Be- the southern Belarusian border as they moved in towards Kiev, and then on the, and then a, a bit on the east. But as they recognized that that movement was a failure, all of that GPS jamming suddenly shifted over to the east side of the country, It, it telegraphed a lot of the movement. And so, what uh, the interesting thing about that is, is that it's a major tactic for those groups, but it's being adopted also. Um, strangely enough, on the back end, it's being adopted by smaller units and organizations to do the same thing, but in smaller levels and smaller locations.
0: Yeah, and that's one of the things that's interesting because, you know, historically, these type of things have been done by big, you know, big governments, affluent governments, powerful governments. You know, it was kind of the edge they had, but technology in a way has advanced, has become extremely egalitarian, and uh, even, even terrorist groups, relatively small ones, can play this game to a certain extent. It's it's really a great equalizer.
1: Yeah, I think the, the good example with that, the difference really is that with large military units, you can do it at a very large level because you have these very expensive, large electronic warfare systems. But what you'll see at a smaller level is people using things like software-defined radios to create and transmit uh, white noise, which is just basically radio waves that just fill the spectrum to jam it. And you could do that at very small levels, but you could do it directionally, like by literally just pointing an antenna directly at the thing that you're trying to jam. You could have a singular aircraft being isolated in, in its impact by this um, and all it takes is a proper amplifier that you can buy online. And that's where, that's where the difference really comes in, is, is you're not seeing massive systems, with these huge, these gargantuan radar or, uh, antenna arrays and things like that. You're seeing small hand man-packable systems that, that you can buy online to build these things out. Um, the, the, the first time you started seeing this at a small level, when people first started building drones, was you could take one of those and literally point it at a drone and it would cause it to drop a deauthenticated signal so it, could, it would stop communicating with its ground system. And that was how they first started doing counter-unmanned aerial systems. They literally just jammed the signal directly at that, at, at that particular drone. And that's how you're able to see small groups innovate in this space. They're not going to be able to compete because they're not going to be able to build a Raytheon-sized electronic warfare jammer that costs multi-millions of dollars. But they can spend a few thousand and make one of these really small systems to have a very isolated surgical impact on, on the battlefield.
0: Yeah, and, and I think this also speaks a lot about, uh, again, big, powerful armies. You could talk about Russia. We could talk about the United States, that type of thing. Uh, but in, in, a certain, you know, in a certain sense, to a certain extent, their vulnerabilities are way more obvious, aren't they? Even though yeah, they have that's, more that's, power, they also have more obvious vulnerabilities.
1: And that was always the problem with like large military forces like, and insurgent groups. Insurgents, in large number, many a times have the advantage because you telegraph your capabilities by the size of your force and then the speed with which you can use the force. And that's why IEDs were so effective initially against um, U.S. forces. And, and trying to fight them head on was expensive. It became a money trap. It wasn't until... We really pushed on a social level to change the desire to create IEDs that we we're able to, com- to actually combat them.
0: Um, yeah, so it's fascinating. Well. It's fascinating, and uh, the uh, you know a lot of the stuff that we are all in all, all in all of you know the stuff that is like so exciting for us uh, the. Uh, Access to technology, the advancement of technology, the thing I have in my hand, you know, you know, at, in the middle of the day, at, at a, you know, at my restaurant as I'm looking up something, you know, has the capability of uh, greater capability of of uh, six and seven digit computers of four decades ago, uh, you know, that I I can get for a few hundred bucks. I mean, it, it, it's all both very exhilarating and exciting, but it certainly makes things like war. Uh, more problematic.
1: It's, I was reading an article about the Voyager recently having issues, but uh, uh, up and out, uh, having been 1960s technology. But that that system's mass, uh, it, it, the bet, it, it creates, it had its computer on board can only do 69 kilobytes. That's the equivalent of creating one GIF. And we've gone <laughs> from that to having a supercomputer in our pocket. And yeah. so it's 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 amazing to see the difference. Um also, yeah, when, did you that, say,
0: it, when did a Voyager get launched? It's been up there in decades.
1: Yeah, was it sixty seven? I'm trying to yeah, remember. I think so. Yeah. I think
0: so. Yeah. It's hilarious when you think about it. And uh uh you know, of course if mean, you need to think in terms of having the the capacity of letting it receive upgrades from Earth, right? Which is what they would probably do now if they that's probably what they do now when they launch things like this.
1: Yeah, it's it's incredible. It's incredible. And also, yeah. also the, the way to innovate on the edge, like if people talk about like they take it for granted, the, the, the amount of compute capacity you have in your pocket with your phone is only available because of the ability for it to be pro, uh, sold at scale. If you had to buy, if they only sold several hundred of these at a time, you'd be spending millions of dollars to have this thing in your pocket. Mm. Um, it's just because they're able to sell so many that you're able to have them. It's right. an incredible achievement in technology. Um, it
0: really is, yeah. The, it, it's yeah. It, it, think back of v, uh, VCRs, right? I'm I'm older than you, so I remember when VCRs were really new, and they were costing nine hundred to eleven hundred bucks. <laughs> and I'm not yeah. talking anything special. And so it's the mass production of these things, it's the volume aspect that makes them uh, really really drive the pricing down. Yeah. It's incredible. Or oh, I even think of the, you know, the, the small computers, the very earliest PCs I, I saw, and how ridiculously expensive they were, and they did virtually nothing, and we were all, you know, ooh, ah, look at this. <laughs> so it's incredible. And, and, and uh, everything we see, and frankly, the rise of these mega tech companies uh, are, are driving it, and their virtual, virtually unlimited resources. Uh, we're going to be kind of uh, shocked in, in a few years, uh, assuming we don't blow each other up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, we'll look back at this time at how as, how primitive it is.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's 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 an incredible time to be uh, chasing technology for sure.
0: It really is. So, what are some of the thoughts or takeaways that you have uh, for the for the listener about this? And it, it's a fascinating story.
1: Uh, for electronic warfare and spoo- uh, GPS spoofing, is just this, be aware that that is that is a common tactic in particular uh, warfighting areas is to be able to limit the ability for your opponent to do day to day things and and remove the infrastructure. So it, keep in mind that just uh, that is um, the, the, what we're seeing there is is consistent with what we're seeing across the board as particular countries vie for space. and and, and it's the interesting thing about it is is the way that it's in being employed um, in other areas is, is, is telling of much larger movements. So it's just something to keep an eye on.
0: It's a fascinating story. Talk a little bit as we begin to wrap it up. Um, you know, this story, and we're going to have a link to it uh, in the New York Times because I found it really interesting and really ties into what we're talking about. You know, how, how, how much is being done um in in war towards the actual uh commercial airlines um or is that just a consequence of uh, you know i I guess you could say collateral damage not that they're intentionally trying to do that but you know it it, it happens you know i I see it as a potential target in and of itself trying to uh, create complete chaos in commercial airlines not, and not just a secondary effect in the strategic uh, military sense, but really as a form of terrorism.
1: That, that is always a possibility. I, I that is the exception rather than the rule. I would I would put out there it is there are more efficient ways to harass um, civilian pilots and, and, and civilian aircraft than to jam GPS, uh, especially at a small level. Um, that, that it is possible for nation state actors to Operating on a space with the intent of creating an international crisis, so that there, it, 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 it is a means of manipulating and propaganda. Manipulation and propaganda—that is possible. Um, I don't see it as something that's at the forefront of concern, um, but it is very much collateral damage in these spaces. It's it's rare that and then the hardening on the back end is something that I know that a lot of these industries are working on to try and make it more effective. Uh, however, it's it's not going to have it's a problem in general for the military across the board um, to try and find solutions for alternative tracking, positioning, and tracking for uh, without GPS. Um, yeah, so it yeah. is, is an effective strategy, but it's one that requires a lot of energy. So that's what that's what limits it.
0: And, and by the way, for the listener, you know, so much of the technology we love and thrive on is directly from the military. GPS existed only in the military for many years. Before it became available to uh, the general public, there's a lot of things that that uh, are like that, aren't there?
1: Yeah. Well, if you look at NASA, the reason why you have a little tiny phone on your on your a little tiny camera on your phone is because of NASA. Yeah. Um, things. So all of that technology is something that's benefited from us from that. But at the same time, conversely, it's also, it also becomes a target.
0: No question about it. Final thoughts from you, uh, Jim. Always love having you on a program, Jim Hancock. Give your and also give your website one more time as we wrap it up. Uh,
1: yeah, so my website is jlhancock.com, and uh, if you want to learn more about this particular type of technology, feel free to check out my website where I have a behind the tech section where I talk about um, some of this uh, kind of tongue in cheek, but talk about some of these particular topic topics uh, in a way that's uh, easy to palate and a lot and a lot of fun to enjoy uh, to to
0: learn. Well, that's the secret of your genius, frankly. Uh, the best writing is writing that makes difficult to understand com- concepts both easily accessible and, where possible, entertaining. And you figured out how to, how to do that and how to do both. I love your website. And your book. Your book uh, your book does the exact same thing. So uh, we love that. And, and we continue to get feedback on your reflections of technology in the war, uh, and, and, you know, The problem is the vast majority of the journalists I hear on this topic have zero experience in this area. You know, they're just journalists. You know, as a journalist, that sounds dismissive and rude, but, uh, you know, they don't bring a lot to this conversation. You bring so much, and that's the feedback we get. So give that website one more time as we wrap it up.
1: Yeah, jlhancock.com.
0: Yeah, you make sure you check it out. I love it. I find it entertaining. We keep getting good feedback. You're going to have to keep talking about the war as long as there are wars, JL, because that's yeah. a very interesting niche uh, to bring to our conversation.
1: Yeah, well, I, I, I'm happy to do so. I'm not happy, I'm to discuss, Kevin, I'm not, I'm not happy for the a war. I'm happy to discuss it.
0: Yeah, well, I think people need to understand, frankly, and I, I love what you bring. You make it very accessible. Uh, I mean, I am Kevin Price. And this is the nationally syndicated price of business show. Stay tuned for more after this.